Hey, good day to you all at Awaken. Uh, Paul here, and um, here we go. This will probably be my last uh, presentation in this fashion. And two weeks or three weeks, two weeks after you get this, I'll be all with you. And so great, looking forward to that. Bit of travel in between though. Oh, uh, here I am. And I'm aware that the children are in today, and, uh, and I'm also aware that you've uh, read through the scripture that we've got there in Galatians chapter five, 3, verses 25 to chapter 4, verse 7. And you've asked yourself some questions, you, you hopefully have some notes, and, and, and I'm hoping that you've got something in your spirit, in your soul, that God is speaking to you out of these verses. You know, God is the come to he wants to teach you he wants to grow you up he wants to set you free he wants to help you to live in all his promises he is for you and not against you um, he needs our attention he needs our participation but he wants to do the heavy lifting the hard work he's a miracle working god and he works miracles in us and and uh, he changes things in us gives us new ways of thinking and new ways of understanding and they're all good uh, one of the verses i've been meditating on recently is isaiah 26 3 he says and you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you and, and so i'm training myself again afresh to keep my mind stayed on him so his perfect peace will rule in my heart and mind because there are a lot of things that want to steal my peace and i don't want that to happen and so i, I participate with the work of god by remembering the word and holding it in my heart and focusing on it with my mind but I trust God to do the work of producing peace. That's not my job. It's his work. It's his work. And, and that relates to where we're going with this. So, so I'm going to have got a few thoughts to, to share out of these verses. And, and I've entitled this message, Sons Grow From Seed. Sons Grow From Seed. I'm going to read now Galatians 4. And I'm just going to read from verses 4 to 7. And then we're going to dig into this thought a little bit. Sons grow from seed. We'll link it to Abraham because the scripture links it to Abraham in the context through chapter 3. Uh, sons grow from seed. Galatians 4, uh, 4 to 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are God's his child, God has made you also an heir sons and heirs of God. These sons are male and female, rich and poor, um, this race, that race, all races. You know, it doesn't matter how you came in. This is about a spiritual place, a real place in, in God, in Jesus, because he is the son and we are sons in him. And so for there to be a son, there must first be a seed. And we're going to see this in a moment, and, and we talk about Jesus and the Son, as it said, they're born of a woman. Well, for that Jesus to be conceived in Mary, the woman, 
the Father God had to plant a seed in there to conceive the Son, Jesus Christ, who went on to become the Son of God, who became the Redeemer of all people and all creation. So for there to be a Son, there must first be a seed. And if we miss this, we miss the way of the gospel. Because the way God works in my life and your life is to produce something of himself in us. He first offers to plant a seed in us, a, a word of God, a truth of God. We take a hold of the seed. Our role is to put our trust in that seed, to wrap it up in our faith and our heart, to hold far to it pay, with patience. And God produces what's in that seed into us and through us into the world. And we become the sons of God revealed. To be a son, there must first be a seed. And so one of the questions I want to ask as we think about this, how does one seed become many? Um, because Jesus was only one son, but the Bible says he was to be, to be the firstborn of many brothers and sisters, many family. And so how does one son become many? And to do that, let's just think of how um, germination occurs. How does a seed germinate? And I mean, a, you know, a real seed, like um, the seed of, a, let's say, an olive tree, an apple tree, um, not a pumpkin tree, a pumpkin plant. Uh, you, you have your own, a walnut tree. <clears throat> so we have a seed, and we want to see that seed become what is in the seed. And in that seed is a tree, a plant, and let's say it's a fruit tree. In that seed is the fruit tree. And in that seed is the code for all the fruitfulness of that tree. So how does that seed become many? So we know what happens. It goes down into the ground. Someone has to plant it. In some way, it plants itself. It gets down into the ground and, and, in a, and get to the right place in the ground. And then when conditions are optimal, when the time is right, when the time has fully come for that seed, when the water quotient is right, the temperature is right, uh, when, when the air is affecting it in the right way, and I don't know how that happens with the ground, but I imagine it can to a certain depth. And even when the light is right, the seed begins to change. The inside of the seed comes alive. Why? Because the water in the ground is soaked through the hard outer shell of the seed. Some of them are harder than others. Some are quite soft. Into the kernel, and, it and it's beginning to come alive. So it's temperature it's air coming through the ground and it's the water and it comes alive. And as it comes alive, it begins to push a root down out of itself into the soil. And that root then anchors the seed in that location, but also begins to draw into the seed the, the water it needs to continue to grow. So everything that seed's going to become is in the seed given optimal conditions. Then after the root, it pushes up a shoot and the shoot goes up and eventually breaks out of the ground. And we know this prophecy, um, you know, scriptures about that, that new things will be breaking out of the ground. And so this is from what is planted in the ground and it grows and it grows and it grows and it becomes a plant and then it matures. And when it matures at, at, at a certain point of maturity, it begins to produce its fruit. And in every fruit, 
there a seed so the process can be replicated how does one seed become many it goes down into the ground it dies to itself it puts in a root it shoots up a shoot it draws in the water it, it focuses on the light and it grows it remains where it is and it does its thing and it produces its fruit a few thoughts the fullness of time for the seed is not a, you know, a chronological amount of time. It's the time when the conditions are right for the seed to produce its fruit. So when it's saying here in, in the certain time, in the fullness of time, it's not talking about that God had a clock somewhere and it was ticking off and he was waiting for a certain time on the clock before this happened. No, it's when the conditions became right. When the God-prescribed conditions became right, Jesus was conceived and grew up and became the, the Son of God who is the Savior of all mankind. And, you know, it's the same for us. It's when the conditions become right that God produces in us the fruit that he has purposed for us. So at first, the fullness of time is about conditions. It's about character. It's about the, the optimal situation. The second thing I want you to note about the seed is it remains where it was planted. It remains where it was planted. It doesn't go off and becomes, go somewhere else and do something else and become something else. It remains where it's planted. As it began, it remains all the way until the end. Yes, it grows something amazing. Yes, it produces season after season after season of fruit. Yes, it may become a tree in which people come and enjoy its shade and shelter and all sorts of things. But it remains where it was planted. And, and, I, and the third thing here is the seed does not focus on itself. It does not focus on, oh, look at me, the seed. Look at me, the seed. Look at who I am. No, it focuses on drawing in the moisture it needs, the water it needs, the nutrients it needs, and focusing on the light and the sun it needs. And of course, those are clear analogies for us. We need the water of God's word. And we need the light that comes from the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. And we focus on them, we will see the fullness of time come for God to produce his promise in our life. If we try and focus on ourselves, even ourselves as a Christian, we will frustrate the process of God in trying to bless us and to produce his promises in us. Someone listen carefully right now. You are too focused on your own Christian walk. Stop thinking about yourself so much and just allow the word of God to do its work and just look to Jesus. The one thing we have is to sit at the feet of Jesus, looking to him, listening to his word. It's our root in the word, our eyes on Jesus shining up and God does the work to produce in us the fruitfulness. So in the fullness of time when conditions were optimal, God produced his son. Galatians 4, 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. When the fullness of time, when the conditions were, God produced his son. He's, and how did he produce his son? Well, we know in chapter 3, verse 16, that he'd been working on this for a long time. Because chapter 3, verse 16, Galatians 3, 16 says, The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his 
seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning the one person who is Christ. I hope you see the connection here. So he says, he's speaking to Abraham about the promises on his seed in, in Genesis. Galatians is commenting on that and telling us that he's actually talking about Jesus. And, and now he says, in the fullness of time, God took that seed and from that seed conceived Jesus, the Son of God, in the womb of a woman. And we know that woman was Mary. We read about that in Luke chapter 1. Do you see the connection? You can even connect, not even, we can also connect this to Genesis 3.15 when God said, when he's talking about what had happened of Adam and Eve and the serpent, he says, and the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. Now he has put, now he has produced the seed. The seed is now out there. He has spoken of a day when there is going to be a woman who births the Son of God, who's going to crush the devil's head, of when Jesus was going to be born, and of the work Jesus was going to do. It's more than just he prophesied what happened one day. He's actually begun the process. Because when God speaks, it is so. And, and then in the fullness of time, that seed that he spoke in Genesis 3.15, so by the work of the Holy Spirit, goes into Mary, into her physical womb, and the seed conceives the Son. From seed to Son. From the Word of God to the fulfillment of the Word of God. The Son is born like any human person and goes through stages of maturity like any human person. The exception for Jesus and us is he kept faith with the Father all the way through he fulfilled scripture all the way through his life he was the fulfillment of the seed of the word of god i hope you can see that here i hope you can see that so the question then is how does this one son jesus christ born in from mary grown up crucified resurrected ascended to heaven how does this one son become the many sons because we know in Romans 8.29 that God's purpose was not to have one son, but for that one son to have many brothers and sisters. How does one go to be many? We know from the, <clears throat> the, the word of God in Genesis that, that even though Abraham had a, a single seed, a single son, the promise was that Abraham's descendants, not and the word for descendants there in Genesis chapter 15, is seed. Abraham's seed would be like stars scattered through the heaven. Uncountable. So it was always meant to be many, multitudes. So how does the one seed go become the many seeds? And we saw that with the plant and we see it with Jesus and Jesus told us how. And he told us how in John chapter 12, verse 24. And please go and read that and sit with it and the verses around it. And just ask the Holy Spirit to make them real in your own life. And to grow them in you, not, not in your understanding, but in you as a person. And, and he says there that unless a seed goes down into the ground and dies. And he talks about it as a seed of wheat. He says, unless a grain of wheat or a seed of wheat, a kernel of wheat, a seed goes down into the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. It remains as one. But if it goes down in the ground and dies, and it does what it's meant to do through the germination process and the, the roots and the shoots and the growing up and maturing, it becomes many seeds. 
And we know there, the context, he's talking about the cross, he's talking about himself, but we, we, we also, he's talking about us. He's talking about us. Because he tells us here, we see that how does this one seed become many seeds? It begins to include us. And so chapter 3, Galatians 3, 26, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. So, so we know by faith, I've entered into what Jesus has done. I've joined him in going down on the ground and dying and coming up to be many seeds. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are one in Christ Jesus you belong to Christ and you are Abraham's seed. So there's one seed that's becoming many seed through as we live by faith in Jesus Christ. As we live in this baptism, we live in this covenant, we, we trust ourselves into Christ. So how does one become many? Through the process of faith in Christ. See, God's purpose for you and I is to live as the sons of God. And for us to live as the sons of God, we have to be born of the Spirit of God. And just as, as the Holy Spirit came and took the seed of God's Word and birthed it, a new son within Mary, in a similar way, the Spirit of God, as he says here in, in, in Genesis chapter 4, the Spirit of God will come into us and he births the Word of God, the seed of God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, in us and so so he begins to grow christ in us so we begin to become christian those who walk in jesus christ who follow jesus christ who, who have been made to be in the likeness of jesus christ and we're those in galatians 2 20 that say now it's no longer i that live but christ who lives in me and the life i live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me and i'm the first to say that's a little bit mysterious but we can also know the reality, the reality of it. And this is for young and old. So how do we grow in Christ? We stay planted in him. We stay planted in him. The seed remains where it was planted. We abide in Christ. We keep planted in him. We do not put our attention on ourselves. So, you know, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. My attention is on my roots, going down into the Word of God. I want to draw the sustenance, the moisture, the water of God's Word into my spirit and soul. My attention's on Jesus. I want to sit and listen to Him. So when I open Scripture, I'm opening Scripture to look to Jesus and to listen to Him. I'm not opening Scripture to become an expert on Scripture. I'm opening scripture to see Jesus and to receive his words, to listen to him, because I want to have my root in him and I want to be aiming for him. And, and I want to trust him to do his work of maturing me and bringing me to a place where I produce fruit with seed in it. That I produce fruit with seed in it. Because one of the problems that I see in my own life and your life is we're not producing the promises of God. See, the last part of the verse here says, you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you're his child, God made you an heir. I'm an heir. 
I'm, I have an inheritance, and you do too. And I, I know people like to talk about it, but I don't want to just talk about it. I want to see it. So what does it mean to live as an heir? Well, it means I live in the promises God gave to Abraham. It means I live in the promise that I carry a blessing on me that enables me to be a blessing to people wherever I am and go. So I'm, I'm not always too sure I, that's the case. So there's something amiss. It means that out of my life, God wants to produce more seed, more sons and daughters. He wants me to be producing fruit that has seed in it, seed that when it gets into people's lives, enables them also to become sons and daughters of God. Now, I know that my goal is not to force the fruit. <laughs> my goal is to remain planted and to remain focused on Jesus. But I'm not an heir. I'm not living in my inheritance until I am part of seeing other people become sons and daughters of God. There's just no way for me to say, look at me, I'm a mature Christian, if that's not happening. That if I'm not producing fruit that has seen it. See, Galatians, oh, Galatians uh, Matthew, Mark and Luke all tell the story of the parable of the soils. And it, it fits well with this. Because they four different soils, which refers to the hearts of men, each received the seed of God's word with different results. And, and the last two, the third and the fourth, the third received it and something grew. Something grew. The shoot went up. Something grew because of the seed it received. But the scripture says it produced no fruit. It had the choking effect around it of the cares of this world, the anxieties of this world, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things apart from God. This was not the person sitting with Jesus was their one thing. It's the person of Jesus and a whole lot of other things that they're trying to pay attention to. And some of those other things may be your religious things, your prophetic things, your mysterious things, your I've got the right doctrine things. No, there's only one person that we sit with, and that's Jesus. And it said because they had many things that they were paying attention to and creating different anxieties within them, it choked the, the seed in them and it was unfruitful. And Luke says it did not mature. And until we mature, we can't receive our inheritance. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to live my life in God's say, Lord, I had so much more for you, Paul, but you stayed caught up with the things of this world. You stay thinking about yourself too much. You, you keep moving around. You just don't remain planted with me. And I don't mean physically, but I mean moving my head all over the place, thinking of everything all the time. Thinking there's something else apart from what I've already got in Jesus. And listen to me, someone, right now. You are looking for something and you think, oh, I've got to find it, I've got to find it, I've got to find it. And you consider yourself a Christian. If you consider yourself a Christian and you have Jesus, there is nothing else to find. There's nothing higher than Jesus. There's nothing bigger than Jesus. There's nothing that can save you more than Jesus can save you. And there's nothing that can bring forth in you God's purpose for you, your fulfillment, your fruitfulness, your maturity, your sense of loving who you are and loving how you're living your life more than Jesus. So stop looking everywhere else and learn and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to be like Jesus, Mary of Bethany and Luke 10, 38 to 42. And I'm saying them so you'll go read them and sit it there. Jesus, I want to be that person just sitting at your feet, 
looking to you, listening to you, and doing what you lead me to do. And and that's all. That's my role. That's my participation. That's what I do. And and see what God does with it. And see what God does with it. And. Uh, so we want to be not the third soil that's looking all over the place and anxious about many things, that's not maturing and producing fruit. We want to be the fourth soil, the good soil. What does it's a clean heart? That means it's only got one thing in the heart. It's just got Jesus. Just trust in Jesus. Sounds simple, doesn't it? I'll tell you, it takes work to keep other things from sneaking in. And trying to clutter up your heart and trying to choke it up and trying to pay, get your attention off Jesus and trying to tell you that they are so important that you really need to allow yourself to become anxious about them. And you say, no, I don't. No, I don't. I trust Jesus. I don't allow anxiety to come into my heart. I do not allow my heart to be troubled. I have to keep my trust fully on Jesus Christ. He says, this person hears the word, holds it in their heart. Holds the seed of God's word in their heart. I'm a son of God. I'm redeemed in Christ. I am trusting that his spirit is alive and at work in me. Holds it in their heart. And bears fruit with perseverance or with patience. They trust the timing to God. There is a maturing process. There is a growing process. And we are not in control of it. We trust it to God. So I'm asking you today to ask yourself, have you received the seed of sonship into your heart? Have you received this word of God that speaks in you and says, come into Christ and be redeemed of being a slave, of being lost from God, of being an orphan, of being far from God, and come back into the heart of God. That, that just houses his heart. Stop trying to complicate it. Back into the heart of God in Christ, the Son of God. And realize that as you believed and received his gift of grace, the seed of sonship came alive in your spirit, came alive in your person, came alive in you. And now as you hold your faith in him, and as you remain trusting him, and as you look to Jesus, and as you just walk day by day with him, he will mature that seed and produce fruit. And, and will you with me start to believe that we can be a people that we who can see fruit coming out of our lives that has seed in it that produces an increasing harvest or increasing number of sons and daughters of God. Amen. I'm going to finish there. Um, we could go on and on. I could go on and on, but you don't want that today. Keep it, keep it there. Let me pray. Father God, I pray for every person listening to me online in church. Lord, I'm praying for the undoing in their minds of complicated ideas and fearful thinking and questions and answers that, that are just surrounding them and just confusing them and just cluttering them up and Lord just to clear away the debris and that they'll hear something from you saying you're my child I've planted my seed in you and as you allow me just trust the work of that seed it will 
grow you up as a son of God, a, a daughter of God, a child of God who bears good fruit. Mm, who bears good fruit. Who bears good fruit. You know, we, that we can be like Abraham and we can look to the start, I believe that I'm going to have descendants seed like the stars into heaven. And at the moment, we haven't even got one. But we begin to carry something in us that believes that God can do what we could never seen before. Amen. Amen. Well, goodbye.